that we might live through him. God's love is not passive. It's not a feeling. It's active. God did something to benefit us, to help us. And he says that the manifestation, the revealing of the love of God is that he sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. The Bible keeps saying over and over and over, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and gave his son. The great demonstration, the great act of God was to send the Lord Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us. To do something to help us. That's the love of God, that he did something to help us. The great thing to remember is that though our feelings come and go, God's love for us does not. You know, my feelings sometimes can be up and sometimes they can be down. But that doesn't change God's love for me. I may at sometimes feel like God doesn't love me. I may at other times feel like God's loved me. But that hasn't changed God one bit. No matter what I feel, no matter what you feel, the scripture says God loves us. Period. And that never does change. And in this verse of scripture... In verse 10, he gives us the full expression of what he did. Verse 10 says, Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And I want to just notice two or three things here. Why is the giving of Christ such an expression of the love of God? Well, there are two or three things. The first thing is the problem that God faced in regard to you and I. There may be better people than others, but all of us are sinners. And because of God's holy, uncompromising nature, God cannot enter into a relationship of companionship and friendship and love with someone who's a sinner who's acting in ways that do not please him because God is absolutely holy. And God can't just say, well, I forgive all you folks and let's move on. That, no, God can't do that. That would violate his holy character. That would violate who he is. He is a holy God. We said that God is love, but that's not all God is. God is holy. God has absolutely nothing to do with sin. In heaven we said last week that there is no sin in heaven. Why? Because God cannot tolerate it. His holiness will not allow any sinfulness in His presence. He hates sin. The Bible says God's wrath abides and God doesn't have a temper. God doesn't have a temper where He just explodes but God hates sin. And that's the problem that God faced. He cannot enter into a relationship. I guess on some way that doesn't explain it well, there was a mass murderer in prison who was wicked and just awful and never repented and continued to live the way they lived. I, as a person, could not enter into a relationship 
with that person who lived in such a way. My character would not allow that. Now, that doesn't mean I could not love that person. does not mean I might not do good for that person. But there's no way I can enter into a relationship with that person. Because they're wicked. They're a mass murderer. They've, they've done wicked things. I, I could not enter in a relationship with Hitler and be his best buddy. Mike could have been kind to him. But he was wicked. Now you understand that. Even you and I who are sinners understand what it means. And that's a problem that God faced. And so the first thing he did was he had a plan to solve that problem. And you know that plan. You'll hear it a hundred times when I'm preaching. But you know that plan. You know what that plan is? That plan is that God said, I still want a relationship with humanity. But in order to have that relationship, someone must be punished for sin. Because I cannot tolerate and I cannot live with sinfulness without it being punished. And so the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, agreed on a plan. That the Father would assume the preeminent position. The Son would come and die. He would ascend back to heaven and the Holy Spirit would come living us to make us different. That was the plan. The Father, the Son, Holy Spirit knew someone has to be punished because I cannot have a relationship with sinful people unless someone is punished for sin. And so that was the plan that they devised. But I want you to notice the pain. Listen to this verse. Here in it is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. I've said it many times. Propitiation means to bear the wrath of God. And the great love of God is that He sent His Son to bear the wrath of God instead of me. But one thing you may never have thought about is the pain it may have caused. Now, we don't want to lift up to God human emotions and make him like us because he is not but he's still God and the father the son particularly in the Holy Spirit had eternal fellowship with one another throughout all eternity before they ever created the world they were one one God in three persons they enjoyed fellowship but the father knew that he had to punish the son not you but the Son. The Father knew that He was going to bring all of His wrath and His judgment upon the Son. Now, I don't want to make human emotions of the Father because He's not. But do not think for a moment that this was something that the Father just sort of checked off and said, okay, put that on the balance sheet and it's done. No. When the Father... While Jesus was on the cross, separated himself and it became dark. And he separated himself from the Son. In some way we will never understand, the Father genuinely and really poured out his wrath upon the Son. And separated himself from the Son. And that's why I call it the pain of the Father. He's given indications in the Old Testament. I mentioned before where he would take the lamb and they would have the lamb for four days kind of getting used to something they loved. 
He asked Abraham to offer his only son, someone that he loved. The father, in a way we will not understand, poured out propitiation upon the son. Treated him as the sinner. Treated him as one who would receive the judgment of God. And the father did it upon the son. Not upon you and I. Now, once again, I don't want to make human emotions, but I cannot imagine offering up one of my children for someone else. There, there's just no way. If, that, if, it, if it came down to it, I'd, I'd say, listen, if this way has got to be done, I'll take their place. Mm-mm. But I cannot imagine the pain the father experienced having to punish the son. The eternal, co-equal God with him. But the Father punished the Son. And in your place, he poured out his wrath and his judgment and his eternal separation from the Son. And I don't want you to think that was done lightly and it was just checked off on the mathematical book. In some way, it was done by the Father. The second thing is the pain of the Son. On the cross, Jesus never referred to his Father as other than Father, except on the cross. If you read the story of Jesus, he had fellowship with the Father. He said, he and the Father are one. We are one in the same essence. And he talked to the Father and he prayed to the Father. And they had total communion. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he struggled in his humanity that he knew what he had to do. This was not just check it off in the mathematical book. This was an actual thing the Son had to experience. He had to actually experience the judgment from the Father who he had been eternal with. From all eternity. And this was not just something that's done on the books. This was an actual thing the son had to experience. So much so that while he was on the cross he said, My God, that's the only time he ever saw my God. My God, why have you forsaken me? Because the father did. He poured out all judgment upon the son. And the son experienced what I would call eternal separation. He was totally separated from the Father. And the Father abandoned him and perused him for our sin. Now you can understand why he says, Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. You see, God so much wanted a relationship with you and I that he was willing to suffer the pain between the Father and the Son so that his nature could be satisfied. And when we trust in Christ, he is now free to love us even though he still sees our sinfulness. Even though he sees our sinfulness. He's free to love us. The Bible says that God freely loves us. In Romans 8 it says, What's going to separate us from God? Tribulation, persecution, 
famine. No, if you trusted in Christ, you will never, ever, ever be separated from the love of God. Because He's done the greatest act for you. He punished His Son. He punished the eternal one between the Father and the Son so that that judgment is in your place and now He can enter into a relationship with you. Now, does that mean God won't discipline His children? Bible says, yes, he will discipline us when we get a little bit out of line. But it is never done in anger. It is never done in bitterness. It is always done in love. Because God is love. And herein is love. Not that we love God, but that God loved us. What is love? Love is Christ dying on the cross for you and I. And for the Christian, it must be a precious, precious thing. Dr. Burchett used to tell us, when you get so big and you get so spiritual and you think you've moved on to that higher plane and you've neglected the cross, you haven't moved on to a higher plane. You just moved on to a higher plane of self-righteousness. Humility is always founded in the cross. And though at times I don't feel like God is as close, and though there are times, depending on trials, I may feel like, where are you, Lord? Why is this? He's never stopped. He's never stopped. It's a little cloudy out there today. You're probably not going to see the sun when you go out. You might, but you're not going to see it. But that doesn't mean the sun's not shining. It's still shining. We just can't see it. The Father is always loving His children. It just may be through circumstances or own feelings that we may not see it. But we have to. story was told of a lady who came to the counselor and said, I'm sick of my husband. I'm fed up with him. I want nothing more to do with him. I want to end the marriage. The man said, well, okay. But, but do something for me. She said, I just hate him. I want to get even with him. And so he said, well, I'll tell you what, how you can get even with him. Well, how? You go home and you begin to do kind things for him. And you show great love for him. And you do this for two months. You do as many wonderful things you can to him. You do as many kind things as you do. You do every loving thing you can do. And when he's gotten used to and shot by all that love, in two months you say, ha ha, I'm going to divorce you. And he said, man, will you get even then? And it just fired up. And she said, you better believe it. So for the next two months, she poured great love upon her husband and did every kind thing she could. Two months later, man called her and said, I, I thought you were going to divorce her. Are you kidding me? The more loving I was towards my husband, the more kind I was to him, the more I fell in love with him again. Love is not a feeling. Love is an action. You know, the train cannot be pulled by the caboose, even though we don't have those anymore. But it can't be pulled by the end car. It has to be pulled by the engine. You can't pull love by the feeling. You pull love by the action. And when you do, you will experience more and more of the love of God. I'm going to tell you something that I did this week. <laughs> we had, on Wednesday night, we had our meal. And somebody gave us 
whoever it was, gave us a little memo pad that was in the shape of a heart. So when you pulled out the memo pad, it was the shape of a heart. And I got the bright idea, you know what I'm going to do? I don't know how many's in there, but I'm going to write a love note to Dean every single day on that little thing and tear it out. I don't know how many more I got left. And I come up with poem. Started out with the dumbest one. Roses are red, violets are blue. Did you know that I love you? <laughs> Crazy stuff like that. <laughs> and then I got better as I went along. Hadn't written it today, but I've been thinking about it in my mind. What I'm going to write. Now. And you know what? It actually impacted me. I couldn't wait for the next day so I could come up with another poem. <laughs> And write something down. Dean said, man, you ought to work for Hallmark. And I may do that. <laughs> Acting loving will actually change your heart. But if you wait for the feeling, you'll never do it. God never waited for the feeling. He acted to demonstrate his love. Let's pray. Father, we love you today and we thank you for your grace. Encourage us today with the truth we already know, but encourage us again of the great love of God for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.